Hello, my beautiful souls. Welcome back. I have a very special episode today. We will be talking with Brenna, who I've recently met, but I was absolutely in love with. Uh, she's got a beautiful soul. She has a lot of knowledge and wisdom. And in this episode, we will be talking about it all. Okay, fine, not all of it. <laughs> but we will be talking about breathwork, Akashic Records, and sobriety. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. So enjoy. Okay, I'm so excited to finally be doing this. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I don't feel like I could do you justice on all the marvelous gifts that you have. So go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Brenna Ardron. Um, I am a breathwork facilitator and Akashic Records reader and the gal behind Spiritum Meditation. Um, yeah, and I'm in human design. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm an Aquarius sun, Taurus moon, Cancer rising, because I know people like to know all the things, so... Yes, I love that. And how long ago did you get into breath work, meditation, all of this beautiful, lovely knowledge you have? Yeah, so it hasn't been a super, super long time. I had a really hard year in 2017. And then 2018 was kind of my um, like rebuilding year. And that was when I got like more into um, spirituality and exposed to things like manifestation, um, and started listening to things like the almost 30 podcast and the expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips and kind of got more into that world. And then, um, at the beginning of 2019, I went to a healing session with Milana Snow, um, and it was, a breath work and energy healing session and it completely changed my life in so many ways. Um, I actually just attended a training with her in September um, for breath work and energy healing, which was really cool. It kind of felt like a very full circle um, moment. But I started, I was exposed to breath work then and then I started to do breath work more regularly um, later on in 2019 and then the rest is, is history. Now I'm trained to facilitate and yeah, it's oh been gosh. a really cool journey. How exciting. So for those of, uh, for those of my listeners who don't know, can you explain what breath work is, why it's so important, how it changed your life? Just kind of go a little bit more in depth in that. Yeah, so the type of breath work I practice is holotropic breath work. Um, it's the two part breath, so two part in breath and then a relaxed exhale. Um, it to me is the deepest presence I've experienced in meditation consistently. I've had other meditations like on a one off where I've been able to go really deep. And now that I I have a bit more of a medita meditative practice. I feel like it's a little bit easier for me to tap into a meditative state, but um, I've found that breath work is like a really instant way to get into like this deep state of presence. It also is a really great way for me. Um, it 
uncovered or like unblocked a lot of stuck energy I was holding in my body because you're work you're working with that energy you're moving so much energy in your body the first breath work experience I had I like went into the breath work and then probably five or ten minutes in was like inconsolably crying like I thought I was never gonna stop (laughs) crying which was like a shock to me but I also had basically held on to like every negative experience that had happened to me in the previous two years and like hadn't had any um healthy form of release and so there was a lot of stuff that came up for me um yeah, I, I feel like it's a really good way of when you're in this deep meditative state, um, having a deeper communication with your soul, sometimes ancestors can come through, um, having really amazing downloads. Um, I guess it's, it's my preferred form of meditation. Cause I think it's, for me, it's almost like hacking into like this this deep state because you're in this like active breath pattern that you have to become conscious of and it kind of does the meditation for you yes absolutely. as long as you stay with it um so that's why I like it the best for me um and yeah and also that's why it's changed my life in so many ways because I think being in that space um, it, there are things it's more challenging. You can't really hide from things. You can't hide from like the way that you're feeling, but I also, um, I feel like breath work has always brought me through to a better place. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what's, <laughs> what is the pattern? Cause you brought up a pattern. So what's the pattern of breathing or is there a specific technique Uh oh, sorry, you were breaking up for a second there. Oh, I think I got. I think I got you. Okay, I think we're I good. Can, I think I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Did you hear my question? So, like the specific techniques, or if you have, can you speak on this pattern? Yeah. So, um, it's a two-part inhale. So you breathe into the lower belly, um, for the first part of the inhale, um up into the upper chest for the second part and then a relaxed exhale and it all happens through an open mouth. So it sounds a little bit like this. Now, I will say um, just like a few disclaimers for breath work. if you're doing it for the first time, I would recommend working with a practitioner, um, someone that you trust and you resonate with. Um, there are a few health conditions that um, make breath work not safe. Um, things like heart, certain heart conditions, epilepsy, um, and certain mental health conditions where it would be better to at the very least consult with a doctor or have kind of a team of people that are helping you with that before considering breath work, but it is safe for most people and really transformational. And, um, even, I mean, 
I've done shorter meditations that are like 10 or 15 minutes with breath work um, up to like in my training, we are doing an hour and a half, two hour sessions of breath work. So you can really, it really runs the gamut of experience, but every experience is new and different and can be beautiful in that. Um, I will also say to um, people that have experienced trauma, sometimes trauma can come up in um, breath work. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of you know, my cohort of trainees um, and other people that I've spoken to that have um, experienced big tree, big T trauma and have experienced great healing from breath work. But I think that um, in those situations as well, it's important to have like a team of people around you that can really hold space for that. Um, So I do want to say that, you know, as like (laughs) a preface, but it's a really beautiful practice. And, um, I know so many people that it has been really transformational for, including myself. (laughs) Yes. yes. Um, so I personally love breath work as well. And I find that I just like clamp up my entire. Okay. So can you tell me Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more like what the crab hands mean? I have broken out into like extreme bouts of just like, like crying, like such a deep emotional crying where I like for hours later, I feel like a child because for hours I'm like, you know, like that deep inhale after you cry, but it's just, I feel so much release. And then I catch myself sometimes having so much resistance because I get so like clamped up. Like, I don't know if it's just me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's certainly not just you. Um, I, I forget now what the name of it is. I used to remember the name of it. Um, a lot of people call it like the lobster claws. It's a really, um, common thing that can happen as a result of breath work. I'm not going to pretend to know like the science behind why it happens. Um, but I will say what I've experienced and how to like, um, kind of help with that. I used to, when I was first doing breath work, that would happen to me like pretty much every session. It would be really uncomfortable and crampy in my hands. And I had one session where I just like intentionally really breathed into my hands and, um, breathed to like, I don't know, because it was a while ago now, if I had like the intention of releasing the tension, but I just remember like breathing every breath into my hands. And eventually I was able to kind of loosen things up. I think something that can be really great too, um, a great tool in a breathwork practice is um, doing exactly that of like breathing into that space. And sometimes a message will come up for you, or you can ask like, what is the message for me? Like, why am I feeling pain in my lower back? Or why am I feeling this tension in my hands or whatever it is? And um, kind of coming into a more curious space with it. Um, I think that we like so often are in such a rush to be like, to reconcile, like, why is this happening? Like, how can I fix it? Whatever. And there are moments where, um, 
just being with it and breathing into it can be really helpful. Um, yeah. So that's, what's helped me. I will say like, if you're ever like in pain, like, of course, like honor your pain, stop the breath work practice, like, um, come back to a normal breath and, and it will, and oftentimes those symptoms will come back to normal. Um, once your breath comes back to normal. Um, but yeah, when you're in the practice, breathing into that space and kind of analyzing that tension is coming from can be good. Oh, so good. Okay. I'm going to have to start asking like, like, what do I need to release in order for my, for my clap, my claw lobster hands to release. So that's awesome. Um, so (laughs) you also mentioned you do Akashic records or Akashic record readings. Can you explain what the Akashic records are as well as why they're important um, and so forth? Yes, so the Akashic records is basically a record of every experience your soul has had through all of its lifetimes. And it even goes into future lifetimes as well. Um, or future incarnations of your soul. Um, And some people describe it as like a library. I've heard Google for your soul, which is kind of an interesting thought of, um, you know, the amount of information that exists there. Some people describe it as like a, um, almost like a, one of those, um, something that like records sound waves or something like it's that's how much detail exists within the records of like it's like every emotion feeling that your soul has experienced and so um in 2020 I got super interested in the idea of past lives and soul lives I had a friend that introduced me to a book called destiny of souls and it really caught I like devoured the book and then um learned about the Akashic records and um and so it's been a really interesting journey and process to explore more with the records um and the reason why I find it helpful and interesting for people to tap into their records is um it sometimes it can help to illuminate like if we're if someone's experiencing um a block or a particular pattern that they can't really make sense of um or like a fear in this life that they can't really make sense of reminding them of a past life can be helpful in bringing consciousness to whatever that pattern is and then once consciousness is brought to something you can decide if that pattern or block or fear is of your use or not. And um, so in the past life work that I've done and some of the people that I've, I've read um, that are in this space, they talk about this idea of um, oftentimes once people learn about their past life, like a, a traumatic past life or a past life that could be contributing to what is it happening for them now? Um, They're able to unblock things really quickly. And even just hearing about 
about it or learning about it. And I wondered why that was. And I really think it's that consciousness piece of like, you're able to reconcile like, oh, that happened to me in a previous lifetime. And it's not something that's a present fear for me now. And so now I can choose whether I want to engage with that pattern or I want to integrate it. And, um, so yeah, it's been a really like interesting, beautiful space to be in and, um, yeah, it's just really cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That awareness, right? Like as soon as we're aware of something, it almost instantly starts healing because, what are we, if not pure and infinite awareness? So, oh my gosh, how beautiful. I love that. That's something that you do and that you offer for people. And I think I'm going to have to sign up myself. Like I would love to know, you know, some of my blocks and where things are coming from that maybe aren't from this lifetime. So I will talk to you after we um, stop recording because this sounds so interesting. So we also touched on sober curious, which I had never heard before. So thank you for bringing this term to my attention because I think it's so perfect. And my listeners my listeners know that sobriety is something that I have been working through. And I don't want to say struggling because I don't think that um, it's a struggle as much as an opportunity to learn. And so this new term, sober curious, makes me so excited knowing that A, you know, there's so many people out there that are also on the same life draft of like, I don't know if, if drinking every day or drinking in every social situation is for my highest good and helping me become the highest version of myself. Um, as well as like, now there's, now they're coining terms for it. Like now there's, there's expressions for how people are feeling. So what's your journey with your sober curiosity? Where are you now? Where do you foresee yourself in the future? Maybe even touch a little bit on like where you were and why you started this journey. Yes. So, um, when I started the journey of being sober curious, um, I, so prior I was probably drinking at least five nights a week. Like I worked at a restaurant, I worked in hospitality. I was in, you know, I think I was 25, probably 26 when I like started this journey, 25, 26. So I was young and like everyone I knew drank. And so, um, I, I was lucky that I never had like a problem or a dependence necessarily on alcohol. Like I didn't, when I stopped drinking, I didn't have any withdrawal symptoms. Um, but that doesn't mean that there, I didn't have a problematic, um, relationship with alcohol. Um, but mine was more just every time I was at dinner, I would have a drink every time there was a birthday, which, you know, the environment I was in, there was always a birthday. Someone was always, always celebrating something. I would always have a drink. And, um, I think that for me as well, I always was like, I love to have fun and I love to have a good time and be out or whatever. So like, I, could often go drink for drink with people. And I could, you know, do all of these things that like probably weren't the healthiest for my body and weren't in best service of me. And so as I started to get older, (laughs) um, my hangover started to get worse. My recovery from like drinking started to get 
way worse. I would have, you know, those day long hangovers, vomiting the day after drinking, like where your whole day is shot or your next like couple of days is shot. So that was kind of happening. And then um, I met someone who was sober, but, you know, she just had, I'd never met anyone who was sober and like, wasn't an alcoholic. Like I didn't really know that that was something that was a choice that people made necessarily, or that was just my association. I also had an association with like people that don't drink being like not fun or like the end of their, like it was like the end of their youth. I just like couldn't understand that dichotomy. And so meeting this individual that like stopped drinking because she decided it wasn't of service to her. And then she um, also was fun and still going out and still living her life and like having a blast. It made me reconsider or it made me like kind of think about like, okay, well, I already have some signs that alcohol like isn't really serving me the best. And like now I'm seeing this individual that like is doing it and still having a full life and and a fuller life without alcohol. And then around that time, I heard a few podcasts um, with this woman named Ruby Warrington um, on the idea of being sober curious. And so I decided to get the book. And so I was reading or listening on audio tape to this book. And then I had like a really, really bad night out um, because I was still drinking, but I was listening to this book. Um, where I drank way too much. And then I like went to work hung over, like painfully hung over. Like I thought that I wasn't, I like really don't know how I like got myself dressed and like ready to go. Like, but I didn't have time to call out. Like it just wasn't an option. I had to go to work. And so I worked that shift. And then I was like, yeah, I think I'm done <laughs> with drinking for a bit. And so I didn't drink for about eight months. And um, then after that point, I really, I mean, that eight months of not drinking completely changed my relationship with alcohol because it like broke the habit. Like for me, that wasn't, and I, I, I feel like I was really lucky in this as well. Cause I know a lot of other people that, um, you know, do have a, a dependence on alcohol. And so I feel really grateful that my experience was, um, more in breaking those habits that I had created around alcohol. And I also feel really grateful that I have the privilege of being able to choose whether, I consume the substance or not. I know there are a lot of people that that's not their journey, but I also want to, um, I want to shed light on the fact that like, there is the option to like have a life where you do. I think that like, it, you don't have to be completely sober or be drinking. There is this in-between period that can be, um, that can be full too, and it can be your own. And I think that that is, is what's worked best for me. 
Um, I, I will say, yeah, for me taking that long break, eight months, um, was really important because I was able to go through lots of different iterations of situations and kind of see how I interacted with or without like without alcohol and confront all of my fears around that. I learned a lot about myself and my um, relationship with that particular substance. I learned a lot about my urges to numb. To be fully transparent, I still was consuming some cannabis during that time. I don't really consume cannabis now and I don't have any judgment for it, but um, I feel like I learned things about that substance too for me. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting process. And I think it brought a lot of consciousness to kind of alcohol, what relationship I have with it now, how I feel when I drink different spirits, um, you know, the fact that I don't ever need alcohol, but if I would like to have a drink, that that's something that I can, um, I can do if I choose to, but it's not something I always have to choose to do. Um, and I think for me, that was really liberating. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. So I love that you, what you just, I mean, I love all of it, but I love that last part you just said where, um, you don't necessarily need alcohol. You can have it if you want it, but not needing it. Oh my gosh, that's like groundbreaking because how many of us go out and we're like staring at everybody having fun and it's not until the alcohol kicks in that you're like, all right, I'm ready, let's go. Um, so shout out to Dr. G on Instagram, Dr. Gonzalez. He's one of my favorites. He has the podcast called Heal Thyself heal thyself. I don't know why I said that word. Um, but he talks about alcohol and sobriety as well. And, um, one of the things that he mentioned was what is alcohol giving you that you think you don't have within yourself? Like, what is it that you experience when you are in this inebriated state that you're like, I enjoy this because it has to be giving you something in order for it to be of, pleasure wanting to continue to consume it I mean obviously it's not cheap right like we're all spending we spend money on alcohol and then we right. continue to spend money and it's a lot of it's not it's not cheap so what is it giving us and for <laughs> me personally I was like oh it allows me to be myself without people thinking that I'm weird like somehow if I have a drink in my hand I can do whatever I want because here I am being loud and obnoxious and funny and giggly and but I'm I've got a drink in my hand so people think it's normal where I'm like well in reality that's just who I am and that could be you know just a club soda for that matter and I could still feel this way because I am the person that is bubbly and giggly and sometimes annoying <laughs> Um, and I don't need alcohol to be able to like give myself permission to be so authentically raw and real. Um, and it, I'm glad you brought up cannabis because my God, is that something that I had struggled with? And I got to the point where I was fighting myself on my sobriety. And it was like, I was fine if I was sober. And then I smoked 
and then it would be like it all rolled downhill it was like oh well now you smoked so why won't you just have a drink and it was like my ego kind of pulling me back into this lower vibration and this lower frequency I um recent not I mean not super recently like within the few last last few months I completely cut out cannabis entirely and for me cutting out cannabis is really what shifted my relationship with alcohol because now it wasn't a um this and it was I don't really feel like I need this to survive which at one point I was like I was smoking every single day multiple times a day um and it went from that to I don't need to smoke at all to I don't want to smoke and drink to now I feel like I have such a broad option where if I feel like it's in the time and the space then I'll drink but I'm past that point of like I need to drink to have fun and so oh my gosh this is just I think it's I think it's so eye-opening to see how much alcohol and not just alcohol but like cannabis and all of these other substances are literally embedded in our definition of fun or our definition of relationships. Like um, I have Bumble just to make friends in the area because as you know, I'm traveling. And so I'm like, where's my tribe? Half of these, right. half of these <laughs> girls on Bumble are like, oh, just looking for someone to smoke with and drink with. I'm like, if that's the type mm-hmm. of relationship and friendships you're looking for, then I don't want it. Cause I want a girlfriend that I'm like, what are you struggling with? Like, what is your higher consciousness telling you that you need to do right now? How can I assist you? Do you want to go out and do some rituals together? Like I'm moving past these like superficials. Yeah. But I think it's so interesting that you say that too, because I'm sure that there are people that are in that group that like are looking for something deeper than that. Like they're actually looking for something closer to like what you are, but like they don't know how to communicate that. So the best way to communicate it is. Um, I want someone that I can smoke and drink with. Yes. And I think that it's like, it's just so ever present in our culture. And look, I don't think that there's like, you know, I had my fun. I had like my college experiences. Like if you saw me like years and years ago, like, and I think that that was an important thing for me to experience and go through. And I think that like, I honor that period of time um, and who I was at that time, that girl, I mean, I, I feel for her. She comes up in meditation a lot. I give her a lot of love, but like, I think that there were also things that I learned about myself at that time that were really valuable. But I think that, um, being able to shift the perspective and realize that like, you don't need any substance to illuminate, um, parts of yourself, um, you have access to those parts of yourself all the time. I think it's so beautiful that you said like, yeah, what do I need from alcohol? And you're like, I realized that I thought that I needed, like I needed an excuse to like be my full self. And I think that um, sometimes some of these substances can be a really beautiful way of illuminating things that maybe we've, we've hidden from ourselves or don't, aren't comfortable um, sharing you know, sharing everywhere or with everyone or whatever it is. Um, And I think that that can be a beautiful thing to bring consciousness to. But I think also just knowing that we have access to all of these things whenever we don't need a substance to illuminate them. Um, Yeah. 
that's mm. what I've learned. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. Well, is there anything else that you would like to touch up on or anything that you just want to really say before we jump off? Um, nothing in particular. Thank you so much for having me on. I guess I'll share kind of where people can find me. Um, yes, that was my so, next question. <laughs> yeah. So on Instagram, I am at Spiritum Meditation. That's Spirit U-M and then Meditation. Um, and then you can also find me on my website, spiritummeditation.com. And those are probably the best two ways to find me and keep up to date with what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Perfect. I will go ahead and link those in the show notes as well. So your Instagram and your website. Now, um, just correct me if I'm wrong, but you do offer breathwork um, meditations as well as Akashic record readings. Yeah. So I'm kind of in like this, um, transitional period where I am not offering sessions to the public yet, but I will be soon. And yes, they will be both, um, breath work and energy healing sessions. And then, um, Akashic records reading sessions. Um, I am playing with, um, an offering of doing a combination session of, of Akashic records and um, breath work for integration. So um, that's kind of what I'm working towards. And I'm hoping within the next month or so, I'll have those, those sessions available for everyone to book. Oh my gosh, that sounds wonderful. Sign me up. <laughs> Um, okay, perfect. <laughs> well, I will go ahead and put those in the show notes. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to see where you're going and how this is going to grow for you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your love. Um, you are just so peaceful. Like I feel so at peace talking to you. So this has been like the best hour ever. <laughs> um, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I appreciate you spending this quality time with us. I hope you felt like another one of the gal pals because you very much are. I just want to remind you that I love you and I appreciate you and you are great and magnificent and together we will raise the vibration of this planet. Now, if you have any topic ideas, anything that you would like to learn about or hear about or want me to discuss, then send me a DM. Let me know. I have a list going and I'd love to add your ideas to it. That being said, if this episode resonated with you or you know someone who could benefit from something we said here, please feel free to share and tag us. I love you. I hope you have a fantastic day. <laughs>